0: The Japanese themselves are victims of the dollar hegemony. Well, everyone is who can't print the dollar, right? It's almost like the Americans have set up this global system where everybody has to work and, and make things. And in exchange, the Americans give them these tokens, these pieces of paper.
1: Welcome back to Beyond the Price, the podcast that goes beyond the flashing numbers to explore how Bitcoin fits into the global economy and how real people and real companies are actually using it, especially in Asia. Last episode was with Teruko Neriki, the Japanese translator of the Bitcoin Standard. This week, we're keeping it in Tokyo by talking with Dash and Andy, the founders of the Tokyo Citadel group and podcast. If you're an English speaker and you're looking for a Bitcoin group and meet up in Tokyo, I highly recommend you join their Telegram group. The next in-person event is Honey Badger Hiroba on January 26th. That reminds me, I recently added a calendar to my Substack for all the upcoming Bitcoin events in Japan and the rest of Asia in 2024. Obviously, the Japan events have more granularity, but let me know if you'd like me to add a particular conference or meet up to the list. And if you missed it last week, the website is beyondtheprice.substack.com, and you can email me at beyondtheprice at substack.com. Dash and Andy's podcast is called Tokyo Citadel Builders, and they talk about Bitcoin, but also Japan topics from the perspective of two long-term residents and sound money enthusiasts. I really enjoy their show, and actually, I'll be joining as a monthly participant. We just recorded the first one, so subscribe to them and look out for that. But this conversation that I'm about to play for you took place before that. We talk about how they ended up in Japan for so long, how they got into Bitcoin and whether they would have had they not been in Japan the reality of living and working in Japan versus the perception from overseas, how their various projects came about and what they hope to build in terms of a so-called Tokyo Citadel, and the current state of Bitcoin adoption in Japan, which is a nice corollary to Teduko's perspective last week. As always, let me know what you think, leave me a comment on Fountain, and I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Dash and Andy from Tokyo Citadel. Gents, welcome to the show. Yo! Hey. So, uh, Super cliche question to start off with, but uh why are you guys in Japan? Uh let's start with Andy.
2: Andy, of course we start with Andy. The Hell with Dash, nobody gives a shit what it is. alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> <The>, um, <laughs> so I had no idea about Japan, didn't care about Japan. Um actually people in from where I'm from still ask me how's your Chinese yeah, they just don't. Yeah. They don't care about Japan. Like it's just like they know it's over there, right? It's some Asian place over on the east. Uh, but I uh, met my wife in college. Um, turns out she was Japanese. Actually, <laughs> when I was first introduced to her, she was a, a buddy of mine introduced her. It told me he's like, Andy, there's a Korean stripper that wants to go to church. She needs to meet you. <laughs> And I was like, "Well, I'm all about this. Bring on the Korean stripper. um Much to my disappointment, I met my Japanese fellow student um who was not a stripper, <laughs> at least as far as I know um and uh but she did want to go to a church, so i brought her, I brought her to a, I brought her to my my church, but uh dated her for a while um when I, we were finishing up decided deciding what to do uh with life. Um, things had played out where we were from in the U.S. and decided to make our way to Japan where she was from, ended up in, uh, Tokyo and have been here ever since, living, loving, enjoying life here in Japan, pretending as best as I can to remain and, uh, keep my American identity, but day by day I become more and more of a local, of a local ojisan.
1: Yeah, how often do you get out of Japan?
2: Um I like to get out as much as possible. Um <laughs> that, that sounds worse than it is. I didn't mean it like that, but I mean like just kind of get out and breathe some fresh air. Um the we uh, we had been going like locals to local spots Asia and whatever and then fucking 2020 happened and that ruined it. So, yeah. uh less frequently, but we got back to the to the US try and get there every year and then little little dives here and there in Asia as possible um Japan is is cool because it's it's relatively close to other stuff that you can go visit um some you know yeah. if you're in some suck part of the world you can't really go much anywhere but Japan is pretty good you, you know four or five hours four or five hours you can get to a lot of different places uh, Southeast Asia and things like that so
1: yeah I feel like Japan is awesome as long as you can get away like. Once a year, maybe a few weeks out of every year. One hundred percent. If I could do, your...
2: if I could do a, if I could do six months in Japan, a month outside of Japan, six months a month like that, I think that would be ideal. I love being in Japan, but I do need that break.
1: Yeah, yeah. How about you, Dash? How do you find yourself in this great city?
0: Yeah. So, well, I've I've been in. Um, I, I first came to Japan a couple of decades ago now, so I'm sort of dating myself here. Um, back before, you know, there was no YouTube, um, there was none of that, you know, with the internet, it was still very early days. So I had no idea what I was doing, you know, getting myself in for right. And, uh, it was, a, it was a much different time and, and struggle back then, I, you know, I remember like, um, little things like just trying to get around and having to, you know, like print maps yeah out uh, and you know and, and stuff like that or just like just trying to just trying to buy a, a chicken sandwich was a was an ordeal right because it was like everything every time i bought something that looked like a chicken sandwich it ended up being fish <laughs> you know just just like things that you just wouldn't happen now because now you've got these now you've got these cats coming over these tourists and they they just point the phone at the thing and it translates it for them yeah. right and so it's completely it was a completely different experience but um yeah kind of i always had an interest in Japan from when I was a kid, i guess like um again dating myself a bit, but like japan was you know was the the economic superpower back then there was a lot of sort of movies and stuff uh that I was influenced by that made japan look really cool exciting futuristic and it kind of it kind of was i remember initially arriving and you know it was like i'm originally from the u k but it definitely felt like it was I'd i'd sort of upgraded right and you had the um email on the phones quite famously right dokomo and the mm-hmm and the i mode and stuff like that and um it felt like wow this is this is you know obviously in the shinkansen and stuff like that um, and then over the next like couple of decades japan's kind of not not moved on at all not even one inch and and the uk even the uk is kind of you know every time i go back there i think uh, damn did i make the right decision right because um th- things things are at least um, kind of progressing over there in terms of technology and and what have you Whereas in Japan, it just feels a little bit stagnant. That said, it's a great place to live. Um, you know, I made made a little family out here. You know, got got kids and um, little like you know carved out a little life for myself. It's very very easy to live. Very pleasant sort of country to be in. There's so many so many good things about it as well. I, mean, I, I know I complain a lot, but but I really do. I really do like it as well. So you know that's that's the reason I stay.
1: That's good. Both of you are pretty positive. There's a there's a pretty big contingent of. Uh, seems like mostly men who came to Japan, got married, got real bitter, just spend their time hating on Japan. It's funny, right? That group of people, and you're like, Homie,
2: you came here. Nobody forced you over here. (laughs) Like, you watched too many anime shows. You wanted to do the waifu thing, and, like, that's your own damn fault. ain't, Ain't no reason to bitch over here. Like, ain't nobody like, you know, teaching English or humping, um, shitty jobs but you know you know like what do you think was going to happen you're going to, get to fly over here and get a job as a corporate ceo it's their own damn fault i don't like guys that pitch like that yeah
0: i think if you stay away from um excuse me like the the hub or place i mean <laughs> the, the, these people tend to congregate in those kind of areas right and so i don't i don't encounter them so much these days i gotta say um but I, but i yeah i'm sure they're still out there right just uh
1: you, um, you mean you mean the hub, as in the place where we we have all our meetups? <laughs> well, we do. <did>, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't congregate there anymore. Ops,
0: Bradley. I'm trying. I'm trying to deflect people. No, it's um, <laughs> no. I mean, obviously, we're surrounded by uh, you know Bitcoiners who are, who are the, the greatest people on earth when we're at those meetups. So, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do know those guys. They're usually sitting at the bar, right? Like. Eight whiskeys in, just bitching about their life, bitching about their wives and families, and Japan, of course. And you, yeah, like Andy says, it's like, well, you know, it's not, you know, it's not North Korea. If you're not forced to stay here. You can, you can leave if you don't like it.
1: Yeah, actually, Dash, you mentioned uh, the perception of Japan as like this really advanced place, and uh, it reminded me of uh, a few months ago when I I went looking for movies that portrayed bubble era Japan because I was just really curious what that was like. I only caught about uh a few months of the 80s as far as my life goes and of course no memory of it so uh do you, do you happen to know any like Japanese movies or i guess even foreign movies that kind of depict that era
0: well for for me it was uh, what was the one with Sean Connery in and
2: rising um, sun
0: yeah was, oh, was it rising that's sun
2: that's fucking LA dash
0: was it Rising Sun? Was it? Was it? Was it the one where he was like the uh, he was the Japan expert yeah. and they brought him in to investigate? With Snipes, right?
2: yeah, that was at LA.
0: Stuff like that. But they, like the Japanese cats in that movie I just thought were so cool. Huh. You know, like the Yakuza and whatever. Um and they and they used high tech, right? I remember the they had like um image manipulation stuff or whatever in the movie. Okay, that wasn't the only movie. So he, he put me on the spot there and asked me for a movie. I was like, you know, there were there were other influences, but um I don't know, that was one of them. I mean it was a lot of it was just this general thing, right? Like um they, there'd be articles in the BBC or things on the BBC, right, saying how, you know, highlighting the Shinkansen and stuff like that. Um, and like I say, when I, when I did first come here, it was, it definitely was the case. It wasn't like, you know, um, like an anime or anything like that. Right. It wasn't like ridiculous, but it was definitely, it was probably like 30% better than, than the UK felt, Mm. or it was, you know, something in that, in that range, you know? Um, and, and, and in some ways like it's obviously there's so many advantages to Japan like we touched upon and it's still, it still has the edge in, in, so, in, in several ways I would say, but definitely not technology. And, and the thing is I work my backgrounds, you know, I work in, um, IT, um, in, in kind of for, for a big tech company and and so i i've just seen it for the last 20 years how uh typically in japan like the corporations consider it as a cost center and they just try and minimize what they spend on it whereas in the uk and the us com- companies especially smart ones tend to be more they think of it in as investment right um and and they 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 see that every dollar they spend on an it they'll get back fivefold through savings in labor and etc cetera, etc cetera, right so it's just just that that mindset has led to japan being really quite behind when it comes to Information technology. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: when you say behind, I mean because I, I mean I, I bitch about this all the time with the fax machines and, and silly shit that the Japanese do. But you're more back end appraisal of it. Like what what do you mean by behind?
0: So in terms of I mean just raw productivity, right? So if you look at the G8, uh, I think if you are listed by G8, I think Japan's right near the bottom, or they, they might even be below uh, Italy now um, in terms of productivity. And then if you, but even if you look at things like, uh, wages, right. I mean, Japan's currently, I think the average salary is lower than, than the Koreans. So whatever they're doing, isn't working in terms of the people in terms, just in terms of productivity and, 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 and the economy, right. Now you can argue a lot of things you can, you know, and, and we, we can go into those nuances, right. So for example, one one of the things I do like about Japan is that they're behind in some ways, like especially with the government services. And some people complain about having to go to the city hall and get like uh, your papers or whatever, and having to having to take time out of your work and queue up and stuff like that. But it's kind of quaint, right? And I kind of prefer, uh, like I, I I've started to see, especially things like digital, um, you know, uh, digital government as being. You know, okay, yeah, it's convenient, but I, I, you know, you, you've you kind of seen the dark side, especially post COVID, right? Where in Japan, it, you've got this nice buffer of time between, I think, you know, us and the just. Dist- the dystopia, if you like, right? Where whereas in the in the UK and the US, maybe it's maybe it's already there. In Japan, it's like no, we are still the government's still kind of inefficient. They haven't really utilised IT like in other countries, and and there's there's a there's a comforting factor to that for me, right? So I'm not saying it's all. It's it, obviously it's nuanced. It's all you know, but but when it comes to the corporate world, the typically what it the net result is the Japanese typical Japanese employee has to work harder to do just the same amount of output of their European or American peers.
1: It's hilarious whenever, uh, especially the government, I mean, often corporations, but especially the government, whenever they try to modernize. Like I recently renewed my work visa and I saw that you could do it online. But I read uh, an article like walking you through that. And they said, if you can go to the immigration center, you're better off doing that because it took us as long to do this online application and get all the documents. And I think you even have to get a card reader because you have to use your my number card. So you have to then buy a card reader to plug into your computer to put your card into. And uh, they said it took just as long to do it online as to just go to the place.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is typically the, the problem in Japan. The good thing about Japan is everybody goes like kind of the extra mile to make something happen. The bad thing about Japan is everybody goes the extra mile. So in other words, this, the, the, like in the UK, or the US, I mean that the whole thing would just break down, right? If it required people to, to, to do these kind of things, um, they, they would, uh, What I'm trying to say is they're forced to get it right with the IT. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Japan, often you can fall back on on the diligence of your workforce, right? And their willingness to work overtime without getting paid and things. Yeah. And so that, that's another kind of blocker of, of adoption. I, I mean, I have a similar story to yours. So recently there was in, in Tokyo, they tried to, uh, I think it was some sort of um, child allowance, like childcare allowance or something they were having people sign up for. And I tried to sign up for it and it just wouldn't, I just couldn't get it to work. And I think it was something to do with like, like my foreign name. Like they, did, you know, it hadn't, hadn't, it wasn't, it wasn't liking that. And and I, f- I phoned them up and complained about it and their their solution was just to send me to like the print, print out these papers and send them to me in the mail and just have me fill those out and send them off. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, I, I do think eventually they're going to get it right because they're going to have to, because of, de- of the demographic situation and what have you, is going to force it. But, um, Yeah, it's going to be kind of amusing seeing seeing them get there. I think it's going to it's going to take a lot of mishaps to get there, I think.
1: Yeah, I had this thought uh, back when when our when my company was organizing this conference and I was working with uh, a team we had hired from overseas. So kind of got to see both work styles. And and uh, one of the thoughts I had was that Japan will like they'll take something to 100 percent, even if I mean, generally with these things, like it's easy to get to 95% and then to take some product or or service from 95% to 100% will take as long as it took to get to 95%, say. But they will do that, like double the time, whatever it takes to get to 100%. Whereas it seems like the West, it's more like, why would we do that? That's so inefficient. 95% is good enough for people. They'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, some of that I think is because of their pride as professionals and that's the kind of good, uh, side that, yeah. the, the, uh, the the dark side of that though is, you know, I've seen, a, I see it a lot where people think that, you know, because what do they say? Customer is king. Right. And, and, and if for some reason, like people will, the customer will say, Oh, we want it like this. And they'll just think they have to do it like that. Yeah. Instead of just being like, well, you're not paying for that. So you're not going to get that, you know? Um, that, that that's where I feel like I add value. Um, because <laughs> uh, I don't go a lot. You know, I'll just tell I'll just tell a customer no, mm. and um, they're just not very good at that. And and so that 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 can lead to some kind of harassment or some kind of abuse of like power, like power dynamics being abused to have people, you know, over deliver on things.
1: Have you guys heard this concept of uh, Japanese companies hiring uh, a non-Japanese person just to tell the CEO no? because that's awesome no one in the company will (laughs) i can believe it oh please give me that job there's nothing i would enjoy more (laughs) yeah i wish i could say that was my job but man i i grew up here i'm i'm just as as submissive as uh as anyone um (laughs) on that note let's talk about bitcoin uh how'd you guys how'd you guys get into bitcoin start with me again Alphabetical,
0: alphabetical order okay yeah
1: so
2: um PayPal if we remember that basic bitch yeah. dinosaur company um I was using it and then uh one day um I was not because uh they said I can't and they just locked my account and I have money in there thankfully not millions but like I do I can log on I can see my money but I can't get it and I have no recourse for ever touching it again Huh. Um, so I thought, well, that's an interesting magic trick that they just pulled there. Uh, that doesn't seem like they should be able to do it, but guess they can. You look into it a little bit, and it kind of like that's how the bank is, too, um, that they have way more. <laughs> you, you don't really have the money that's there. You kind of can have it loaned to you if you are deemed worthy of having it back. So I was doing that, starting to circle around general crypto. I had a moron friend that was convinced that uh, you know these guys Chainlink.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Uh, so they, he was a Link Marine, and he convinced he was convinced that 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 thing was a thousand dollar per link by end of year, mm-hmm. their slogan. Um, so I wa- he was trying to get me into that, and I watched him go way up in value and way down through DeFi summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so I was smart enough not to to ride that wave but i after like after that i said well it did go up a lot at one point maybe it'll go up again so i get into the link thankfully i did not stay there um it always made sense I was like well bitcoin is the one that you hear the most about you should probably have some of that as well um and then 2020 happens or COVID, I mean the lockdown. So I have nothing but time to listen to friggin' Clubhouse at that point before Twitter Spaces came and I'm sitting on my ass oh, yeah. doing nothing, and you you land in the Bitcoin rooms, and you're hearing people talk, and you're like, well, every crypto person sounds like a friggin' moron that has no idea what they're talking about, and the Bitcoin people sound far more reasonable hmm. in their responses. So little by little, I got um more and more orange pilled. Um, there was a couple of guys that that I listened that that were really I thought um, helpful, uh, like June Seth, who's kind of an OG, and yeah. uh, some of the other guys, JC, some of the, the these guys who are rabidly anti-general crypto. So little by little, I began to say, yeah, this is all garbage. Um, still, Sergey, that dick from Chainlink, owes owes me a Bitcoin because had I had I not. Gone down that rabbit hole, I'd be way, way, I'd be, I'd have way more Bitcoin than I do now. So, the hell with Link and all them. But yeah, so it was the it was combination of PayPal screwing me, um, a, a moron friend getting into crypto, and then the world blowing up, which gave me ample amounts of time to listen to people talk about this crap.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't get to choose the the way we get into it. Yes, sadly. Okay, uh, I, I got in through an ICO. Ah, uh, rock Which, and roll! Of course, did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dash?
0: Oh, well, for me it was um, Andreas Antonopoulos appearing on the Joe Rogan Experience, uh, in oh. 2016, and I, I was I was I was I was listening to Rogan a lot back then, um. So yeah, it was just one of the shows I was listening to, and then like for me, I have a background. Uh, I did did computer science. And it's kind of always been a bit of a geek, bit of a computer geek. And so I really, what, what struck me is just how cool it sounded. And I was like, I got to do that. I got to just play with that. So I signed up for an exchange back then and got, got a little bit, right. It was, it was a few hundred bucks. I think it was around 600, 700 bucks or something like that. So I got a little bit because I wasn't, I didn't see it really as an investment and, um, I was just playing around, like sending it around. I think I bought like a Raspberry Pi on uh, what was the name of that site? Uh something IO that that would back then you could Pulse IO or something like that. Um, I don't know. And you know, I was just I was just I was just kind of messing around with it and um you thought thought it was kind of cool. Of course, then like Ethereum came out, and so I was like, Well, you know, I heard I heard that was a world computer. And so that's also sounded kind of cool, right? So I bought a little bit of that. Um, but when I tried to play with that, what was interesting even back then is like with 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 Bitcoin, you could put that in a like I was using a Trezor, I think back then, and you could put you could kind of um, like if like it, it it felt like yeah, that's right. It was things a Trezor Trezor website was like the wallet, and it kind of felt legit. Whereas with Ethereum, you had to use the Trezor on some third party site to hold Ethereum. And you had to export your X pubs and stuff like that to this site. And it just, it just felt a lot more dodgy. Right. Um, and now then, the, then the whole 2017 thing happened and all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, number go up, oh, right. I'm like, what the hell? This is amazing. Um, not for, from a, from a sort of get rich perspective, even though I didn't have that much. Um, and, and what little I had, I just sold it all through that. Mm. Cause I, I was, I, I just thought, well, the whole thing's going to collapse, you know? Um, and so I just sold it all somewhere in 2017 and, and just ca- ca- carried on sort of half amusedly watching it, um, from there and, and, and obviously the crash and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that, that, that was fun, but, um, you know, whatever it's time to get back to, to real life or whatever, but I, c- I could never quite, I mean, Bitcoin for some reason had gotten under my skin. And so I was listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And I I remember reading the uh, the uh, Mastering Bitcoin, stuff like that from An- Antonopoulos. And I was mainly listening to his stuff. And then he was talking a lot of like, not only technical stuff, but e- the economic stuff as well. And so I started to sort of become aware, like dimly aware of these things. But to be honest, I mean, I, I was I was a complete NPC back then. Like I trusted the government. Um, I trusted the banks. Like I I didn't really... Like I, I def, I, I thought, well, maybe he's he's right, but that's that's not, you know, that's not going to happen here in Japan. Um, and and it wasn't really until then, uh, COVID hit, um, and then I started to sort of go down the rabbit hole a little bit, um, on that and on government overreach and on on hang on, you know, it, what, how healthy is the financial system and could this affect Japan and and you know, um, really sort of sort of started to see bitcoin as not so much a, like well definitely not just like a get rich thing but more of a uh, like a life raft or something to protect myself with um because i was like well i've got you know it's kind of a hedge and if I, if I have a little bit of this and i learn how to use it properly um you know even if everything does crash you know the, i would I would be able to keep my, me and my family kind of afloat with this amount potentially right it's kind of a counter secular thing or it's like a hedge or it's just it's outside of the Uh, traditional financial system um and and that and that that's pretty much you know i've been i've been kind of obsessed with it from that perspective since then but my, my 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 like the more you look into it the more you realize sort of like just having bitcoin isn't enough um if you know for it to succeed it has there has to be community there has to be a circular economy like that you have to be able to um, use Bitcoin, I think, to, to make purchases. And the reason being is because I think, you know, Bitcoin is an existential threat to the, the powers that be. Uh, we can get into a little bit maybe, but they, like the Cantillian um, aristocracy of, of Washington and, and you know, the governments of each country have these people who can essentially just sit on a money money printer and make as much money as they want. And they are not going to, you know, give that up. I I started to see that and I started to see that, okay, I need to actually not only just like buy this asset and hold it, I need to learn how to use it privately. I need to ha- how to learn to acquire it privately. I need how to, I need to learn how to spend it privately. I need to find people to trade with. Um, because that is, that is the real, you know, that is the way this thing becomes a life raft and not just some, um, what i mean you know just just some some numbers on a screen right Yeah. um so yeah that's 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 been my journey today
1: yeah definitely want to talk about uh the the community aspect and then uh yeah maybe even the privacy aspect as well but uh um one question occurred to me as you guys were talking do you think you would be into bitcoin or as into bitcoin or or into bitcoin in the same way if you had not moved to japan.
2: That's a good question. Um, personality wise, you know, people always, you know, arrogant shitheads on twitter are like uh bitcoin's a an intelligent test. That's re- that's retarded. Don't that bitcoin is a personality if it's a, if anything, it's a personality test. Like are you hmm. Somewhat conspiratorially minded. Are you somewhat? Um, uh, do you have problems with authority? Do you like to be left alone? You know all these different kind of things. You know it's why you know who the first people to adopt Bitcoin are generally hookers, drug dealers, and you know various <laughs> kinds of scumbags. Like, are you somebody that is outside of the system? Now I'm I'm hardly outside of the system. I'm I'm basically a normie, but um my mind works sim, uh, in in ways which are more counter especially now to the you know prevailing narrative if i was still in the us though and i had a better grasp if i didn't feel cuz being in japan as a foreigner you do feel outside of the out of the side of the system so it accentuates that to a greater you know your personality if you're one of those people to a greater degree that's a that's a good question. I don't know. Probably not, actually.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is It is very good. I, I've kind of thought of this before uh, because, you know, one of the things for me is, is Antonopoulos sold me on Bitcoin within, I don't know, it must have been 10 minutes or something. Um, but that's the first time I'd ever heard about it in 2016. And I had lived in Japan and gone through the whole Mt. Gox thing and never even known about it. It didn't even come up on my radar at all. That's how disinterested I was in, I guess, in these kind of things, right? Um, so I kind of feel if I'd have, maybe if I'd heard about it earlier, you know, that uh, or if I'd have been outside of Japan, maybe I'd have heard about it earlier. Maybe mm-hmm. I got in earlier. Um, whether or not that would have been a good thing, I don't know. Because um, obviously a lot of people who got in early, you know, the bull markets kind of change people, right? And they went half crazy or they turned shit coiner or, or, or they lost it all in the Mount Gox, in the Mount Cox hack, for example. Right. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like it. It's something that if you said to me, okay, if you could, you know, if you could go back in time and get in early, would you do it? I'd probably say no. Cause, cause who knows, who knows where that could lead. Um, But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if like, so Japan probably in the, in a way, I guess, I guess I'd have, I, I, don't, I don't think it had much to do with it. I think it was just the stage of life that I was at. I was more interested in sports and like playing soccer and just like, live, like living the normie life and, and just hadn't really, um, like Joe Rogan was as wild as it got for me. And then, and then when, when Antonopoulos showed up on that show, that like I was sold, but that could have happened anywhere in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like in your case, your your first touch was from a really good source who knew how to present it in a really good way. Whereas maybe Andy and I, our uh, first encounter was was more some some random friend over here. Dumb shithead telling you you're going to be rich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That would have definitely put me off, I think, if I'd have if that had been my first touch point. Yeah, I wouldn't have bought on that based on that.
1: Yeah, there was this article that came out a few years ago, I think. Uh I think the title was something like why the yuppie elite don't get Bitcoin. Yep. Uh, either of you read that, yeah? And that really stuck in my mind this um this idea that the more successful you are in the current system, the less likely you are to get Bitcoin because you have it's kind of like sunk cost fallacy. You've you've gone to college you got an m b a uh you got hired at a investment bank or or a big four consultancy you slaved away at that company like you've invested so much into the current system and climbing the ladder of the current system. you're kind of like a lot rides on you not getting Bitcoin because that could potentially undermine everything that you've worked so hard for
2: absolutely it also puts the lie to stuff that you want to believe about yourself like yeah i i understand how things actually work right i'm not part of a bullshit system that i you know just happened to fall ass backwards lucky into i know how it works i can work it i'm smart i'm accomplished i can i have agency all this kind of stuff if you do the bitcoin thing from that perspective it's like well all of that was bullshit i happen to have you know Won, uh, won a lottery fell back fell ass backwards into a position which i probably don't understand and don't is, is not all that useful i'm living off the backs of inflationary pressure you know uh spread throughout the world yada 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 all the bitcoin talking points um the hell i'm going to give the, you know i'm there, there's no way this bitcoin thing is right because that means i was wrong and i'm not as cool as i thought i was yeah yeah
1: yeah and i think maybe you're you're right that living in Japan. Uh, kind of makes you more comfortable with being the outsider because you don't have any choice. Like you are, you are an outsider. Uh, the system was not inherently built for us. Mm. So uh, absolutely, kind of, kind of, maybe uh, less disposed to to trust it. But uh... well, I mean, the oh, yeah, system wasn't
0: built for the for the Japanese peop, the typical Japanese people or the Japanese plebs either, right? That's Which fair. Is... That's yeah. the thing you kind of have to wake up to, right? To, to, I think to to when you to start to understand Bitcoin. It might
2: not have been yeah. built for us, but when Bitcoinization happens, we will we will each be daimyo of our own little corner of <laughs> Japan.
0: I'm
1: taking Osaka. <laughs> Go for it. I hate that place. <laughs> I think that's definitely the perception from the outside. Like, oh, these Bitcoiners—they just want to pump their bags so that they can be the new elite.
2: Absolutely, that's 100 percent what I want to do. I'm all about that.
1: <laughs> I,
0: Absolutely. Joking aside. I, I have been, well, not the, I wouldn't say the new elite, but I was thinking, I think recently my, my thinking has gone to look if this, if this thesis does play out, I feel like it's an opportunity to, um, you know, maybe not be an elite or whatever, but, but at least to have some impact on the world. Right. And so maybe you have ideas about what the world should look like, or, you know, what's, what's good versus bad. And like, if you, if you do manage to increase your purchasing power in this way, then that, that, then that's a huge opportunity then to do something about that, right? Rather than just complain about, yep. about things all the time. So, yeah, I mean, we can, we can talk a little bit about that as well, if you like.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hope it goes that far and not uh, too much further, because honestly, I'm not, <laughs> I think Bitcoiners in power, like in a, in the same system as as what we currently have would probably just be A lot worse. Oh,
2: you have no idea. I'm going to once and it is going to go that far. And once I am in power, (laughs) Thunderdome will be how everything, all disputes are taken care of in the the Tokyo (laughs) Citadel. I don't know about Dash's gay Osaka Citadel, but mine anyway, Thunderdome.
0: I'm I'm bringing back the castle. (laughs) Um, We're going to come and invade. We're going to do it properly this time.
1: (laughs) All right. So Tokyo Citadel, speaking of, how did that come about?
2: Um so we had been in Bitcoin, we uh Dash and I had been uh in Bitcoin, we'd gotten to know each other through kind of an online uh group here. Um we were watching or I, I'll speak for myself, I won't throw Dash in this. I was watching all these different cool things kind of spring up all over the world. There's stuff going on in El Salvador, in the US, in the UK, and I'm sitting in one of the in the world's largest city that's got all this stuff going on, the home of the Mount Gox thing and where this stuff was all pop and there wasn't anything going on, and it was pissing mm-hmm. me off on top of that. it was like i I'm listening to all these guys talk about all these um Bitcoin ethical and principal things that they can be doing and should be doing in circular economy and all these all these things and I'm hearing more and more buzzwords and slogans, and it's pissing me off again like if if like you got to if 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 all this shit is true then we should be doing something there can't be i can't be in the world's largest city and and there be nothing going on um so because of um my rather relaxed lifestyle and my um my sugar mama who keeps us well fed i have time to do stuff so i was thinking you know what screw it i'm making a podcast um and i got you know i'd known dash for a while um and our other co-host mike we had gotten to be friends i was like you know what we should do this um but we didn't want um dash can take it from here but we didn't want to focus on um bitcoin too much mostly dash knows shit well mike knows stuff well i however am basically a normie moron and i don't really get anything technical like it's i don't you know like chimp on the keyboard kind of thing so focusing too much on like bitcoin specific you know talking about the latest hash rate and shit like that is going to be complete waste on me i'm not going to be able to talk about it so we had to do something that was a bit more expansive and actually something that i think the three of us were were more interested in
1: you say that but you are the one who's who's uh consistently posting the latest uh um sats per V
2: byte.
1: There's, no- Scre- There's nothing
2: I enjoy more than the mempool thing. Just That's a troll. Just to piss There's everyone trolling. off, because I know how much they There's hate trolling. the ordinals. And I love the mempool being four hundred sats per V byte mm. or whatever the hell it is today.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything with Andy is a troll in the telegram chat. It's just FYI. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much how Andy said it. I mean, for, for me, just, just per- speaking personally, like I had, um, you know, I'd obviously been kind of interested in Bitcoin listening to podcasts for a few years before we did the, the Tokyo Citadel thing, but I was, I was too kind of, you know, whatever, you know, shy, paranoid, intro, introverted, autist, whatever you want to call me. But I, I, like, I didn't want to go to Bitcoin meetups. I couldn't think of anything worse. Um, I, and you know, I was sort of watching from a distance, but then I kind of realized for me, it was less like FOMO about what was going on in the rest of the world, but it was more like a sense of, I guess, responsibility or mission all, all of a sudden that, look, if I don't, I've got, I've got to get out there and connect with people and I've got to find a way to build a circular economy or get connected into a circular economy because that's, that's part of the strategy. That's part of the play here. Um, and so even though I'm not comfortable with it and i would rather not do it, I have to do it. Hmm. Um, so w- went went to a I was think it was a Diamond Hands Pizza Party thing that was going on a couple of years back, and that's where I met Andy and, and and Mike actually also initially there and 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 yeah, and then and then Andy just came one day with the idea of the podcast, and it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, that sounds that sounds like a great way to get to get the word out, right? So, um, and then yeah, in terms of the content, it's like, I mean, for so for me, like a big a big influence is Matt Odell, um. And Citadel Dispatch, and you know, I, th- I think Odell is is very high signal. I think he's right about ninety nine percent of the stuff he says, and um, and so what I d- I do try and um, y- also you know, um, bring that I guess to our show in terms of like just just insights into privacy and and best best practices there, um when when you when you're using when you're interacting with Bitcoin. Um but yeah, I mean in terms of the you know the, the show itself, um we, we do we do try and keep it um I guess I guess the anchoring principle or topic's kind of the Citadel topic itself, right? So we're discussing that a lot. We've done a show even on, you know building a citadel in japan or even what is a citadel i think that was the first show we did yeah um so i, I guess that's the kind of consistent theme of the episodes and you know something i definitely like to build on going forward because i think that again that's that's case like, like you know you've got your bitcoin great but what are you going to do with it is i think i think that's what as bitcoin is what we need to be sort of discussing at this point
1: yeah i remember that episode um or a few episodes where you've talked about the concept of a citadel and uh, i remember that each of you kind of had a different uh idea of what that means uh maybe specifically to tokyo uh has uh, have your ideas converged or uh um yeah what do you what do you guys have in mind when you think citadel it's a common word in bitcoin but i think everyone kind of means something different by it
2: yeah i still i think i've uh, my i've been kind of just uh, the more i've done it in the, over the past it's been however long we've been doing it, and um learning more about it and see, seeing how things develop. I'm actually more comfortable holding the opinion that going forward there will be physical spaces that cater to protect and where bitcoin holders will congregate um and will' we'll all places that will offer uh a bulwark against some of the stupidity that goes around in other places where people that have the foresight and have the ability and have invested time, energy, and and capital into the project will go and be rewarded for that.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say my, my thinking's evolved a little bit in that at first I was mainly thinking of it in a kind of this kind of uh almost cyberpunk way like you know i'd read uh true names don't know if you ever read that no it's a it's you know it's a classic um one of the samurai guys recommended it on on a on a talk he was giving that was what i watched and uh, i went and just samurai read it. wallet yeah oh. um and i read and it's, it's a fairly short book i read it in a couple of days but it's you know it, it was so prescient right and it's so but essentially it's i mean the 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 idea of the show is that um if someone gets your true name they sort of have power over you and it's a story about you know um hacker, quote unquote hackers on the on the internet right um but there's just there's just a lot there's a lot there to to think of just just in terms of the philosophy of you know what does it mean to be free online and things like that um but um so i was thinking of the citadel more of this kind of online space where you, where you knew how to navigate the online world Um, and, and kind of preserve your privacy while you were doing it, stuff like that. And so it was kind of a nebulous thing for me. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously then in the meet in the interim things like Bitcoin park happened, Odell had launched that in Nashville. Um, and like Andy said, there's so many things now there's the, there's the Bitcoin Island in the Philippines and there's et cetera, et cetera. There's just so many examples. And it it does strike me as strange that we don't have that in Japan. but And and then on the other hand, like we when we do our meetups, it's great, right? We always get people coming out, the group's growing, the demand's obviously there. And there's so many things you can do. It's like at the uh, Honey Badger Hiraba, which we can, you know, we can get into that. But it's, um, you know, we're doing things like setting up a stall and sell, selling food and drinks and stuff like that for, for SATs. And it's just like so exciting. It's almost... And I think something Andy said, he said, uh, you know, I think, I think it's you said that Andy, but um, you're, you're only limited by your imagination when you, when you've got something like a physical space, right. Or when when you're doing something, you know, and, and that, that kind of, I felt that viscerally when, when we, when, you know, cause it's when you're there, you're like, okay, well, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, I could do that. You know, and just, the ideas are kind of flying. Right. And especially when you're in a group of like-minded people who are all pretty, you know, pretty smart and pretty, you know, um, all come in with slightly different perspectives, but it's all, it's all additive, right. It's all like iron sharpening iron. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like my thinking is a I mean, I'm not completely abandoning the whole, you know, obviously the, like, cause I think Balaji is the one that's been talking, I know he's a shit coiner, but he, he, he does a good job of explaining this kind of, you know, the, the emergence of a kind of on like the online world is, is a, a new city state kind of thing. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm butchering his
1: idea, but yeah. The, the network state. Yeah. The
0: network state. Yeah. I mean, I'm not completely abandoning that idea, but at the same time, we are, you know, human beings need to meet physically. I mean, it's something we all, I think, learned during COVID that, yeah, it was kind of cool to do Zoom meetings for a while, but then you're like, you know what? I just, I need to actually meet people. I mean, that's, that's what, that's, we, we, we are, we need that, right? Um, And so, yeah, I definitely want to be putting more energy into getting something going, something more like permanent going
2: and the physical is where uh bitcoin separates itself i mean it's the the nonsensical and 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 retarded uh east people that want to build a metaverse and have all of this disconnected um physic free what was it the vitalik said we can create our own physics i mean it's bitcoin Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um has the tie to the real world that's value is derived although it's expressed in Uh, and on as magic internet money but its its value is tied to the hashing it's tied to the Mm. to the mining it's tied to the actual energy produced uh to make it uh valuable and to not have something physical almost betrays the very nature of Mm. the bitcoin project right to have everything so detached and dehumanized deracinated um would be a complete failure of bitcoin in a certain sense
1: Even even the the fact that it's something that's digital, but also limited. I mean, that's like a, yep. a physical concept dragged mm. into the Absolutely. digital realm for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's it's some of both like physical communities, but also um, across cyberspace as well. Mm. Um, it's an interesting idea. Like. uh a uh, circular e- economy uh, or a, a community based on a, a currency growing. Uh, I mean, I guess there are there are cases of nation states choosing a different currency to use, maybe choose the dollar. Um, but uh, I, I need to look more into this. But I'm wondering if there are examples in history of of small communities like within a country choosing to operate on a different currency.
0: Hmm. That's an interesting question. I, yeah. Nothing comes to mind immediately, but you would have thought something like that would have happened, right? Well, there must be something in Safe's book about that. So similar to that, right? Like they'd be using, so Safe mainly talks about when one money replaces another, right? Hmm. But I wonder if that, how much of that is a community driven phenomenon.
1: Yeah. In a lot of the cases, it seemed to be like an invading hmm. uh, force. Yeah. Well, I don't even, I mean, I, I, I'm more of an elite theory kind of guy. I don't
2: know how much the populace at large really determines much generally. So even uh, Bitcoin going forward, I don't think it's going to be a ground up swell of non elite types. It'll just be a new elite type that, that implements it. Um, The masses on their own are generally like what's that OSHO line government by the people for the people, but the people are retarded. um, Oh yeah. The um that that's how it is. So I mean like they need the, the leadership and guidance and people uh, and elites moving things forward is is necessary. So I I would be surprised if there was any examples of a community groundswell um that led to something that wasn't really led by a group of alternate elites um really pushing an agenda.
1: Yeah, Osho, there's a there's a wild example of a community <laughs> <laughs> built in a, in another nation. Gosh, have you seen this documentary about this no. this cult in Oregon?
0: No, they, I haven't seen it.
1: They bring. Uh, it was a while ago since I watched it, but but it's a it's an Indian guru who they they bring to the U.S. or he travels to the U.S. and his followers. He had quite a large following in India, but then they set up shop in Oregon. It was Oregon, right, yep. Andy? Yeah, they find this this rural area and they set up shop and they eventually grow so large that they they start building their own town and and they're they're recognized as a township and they have their own police force and then I mean I shouldn't spoil it because cause everyone should watch it it's it's amazing. <laughs> that was the but, first. Uh... That was like
2: one of the first big Netflix series, right? Like that uh, documentary. Oh, was it it? I think so. That was a few years back, if I remember correctly. It was like really
1: one of the first big ones. That and Tiger King and shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. They probably didn't have their own currency, but I mean, I could, or maybe they did. I could easily believe that they did. Not sure. I want to associate uh, Bitcoin citadels with with that idea. That too.
2: will be <laughs> how my Bitcoin citadel is. Just so you know, <laughs> just like that.
0: I, I feel like as well, if they did have their own currency, that would be the that would be the moment they cross the line, and the feds would kick, kicking booting the doors down, right? Mm. So I think you know, you can have your her, her arm. You can have your, uh, you maybe can have your own police force, but as soon as you start trying to have your own money, that's, you know, that's when you're, uh, you're inviting, you know, the, the feds to come. Well, in.
2: Dash is always afraid it's of the feds, but I do check, I mean, but we'll go, but this is where Dash and I, you know, we always kind of playfully go back and forth. It's like, well, I mean, they, if that was the case, then they would have invaded El Salvador by now. It's been a full year. They've been, uh, they haven't gotten rid of the dollar yet, but they, um, they certainly have brought in. They they whined and bitched about it, but they couldn't do anything about it.
0: Well, the jury's still out there, right? It's only been a couple of years.
2: No, the jury's not out. It's already <laughs> decided.
1: How about that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if more and more countries start kind of following in El Salvador's footsteps, um, and yeah who's it
0: it, samson mao keeps like tweet like alluding to think like think things are going to happen any day now i love samson but 27 countries have been
2: adopting bitcoin for the past five years (laughs) 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 i think el
0: salvador was was fairly unique right in that it was already dollarized i don't don't know man and bukele is just a very competent leader right i mean he's been able to do a lot of things which people wouldn't have thought possible um and then and you know bitcoin will be one of them but i mean I, I don't know how easy that would be to replicate i mean even the guy in argentina isn't isn't he walking back the I know, I know that was dollars and not bitcoin but isn't he walking back the whole um get rid of the central bank thing i'm not really following it that closely but I, i'd be amazed if he if he actually comes through for example
1: with that yeah politicians definitely have a have mm. a precedent of saying a lot of things before they're in power and then getting into power and that all disappears for right. some reason. Last I heard, he had some disagreement with the guy that he was going to put in charge of the central bank to dismantle it. Um, I think the the guy was hardcore. Like, he was all about dismantling it. And then he said Malay wasn't hardcore enough, something like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm not following it closely either. I think we probably get our news from the same sources yes it's a real meeting of the minds right here um yeah how about on the japanese side because uh i think like tokyo does have a have an expat community and and we mentioned some of the characteristics of at least uh one part of that community which could be conducive to sort of forming a an independent uh economy, but uh, on the Japanese side, what are you seeing? And what do you think uh, about Bitcoin could uniquely resonate with Japanese people? Dash, go first.
0: Um, so I don't have a lot of hope, mm. although I know there's a small and very knowledgeable community here because you know i've i've now found podcasts um you know obviously this is what's koji's doing and he he gets it and then he's got his bitcoin a Kai podcast show and then you listen to that and he's got joe on there and um, a couple other guys and they all get it and you know not only bitcoin but they sort of everything around what makes it Difficult for Japanese people to maybe understand or 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 grok it or whatever, as well. Like they'll talk very eloquently on those points, and so. But but so you know, there 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 is that there is that like um, like good bitcoiners, good knowledgeable smart bitcoiners. But they what what they seem to have in common is excellent English ability, like like almost native level or native level, pretty much all of them. Um, and then also a slight what's maybe un- a little bit more unique in Japan in that they're a little bit more disagreeable right mm. um so if you if you if you get that like that that extraordinary english ability and enormous native level english ability plus disagreeability um and it 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 goes back to what we were saying a little earlier on right whereas if you feel outside the system you're more likely to embrace bitcoin and so i, th- I think those are the kind of japanese people are, are like are more Likely to embrace Bitcoin. And um, the thing about those Japanese people I've noticed as well is, is sometimes they're not the most vocal or whatever. I mean, they just get on with their lives. And so, for example, you you can see if you ever go to Tanaka Ginza, which is this um, gold gold dealers, it's the largest gold dealers in Japan, I think. But they they do, um, you know, you can set up and do a like, monthly buy of gold. And then you can go into the shop and you can actually take possession of the physical gold and stuff like that. And I am, I am, you know, the well-known gold bug within the uh, Citadel. And so I have, I have been there. I have seen, you know, I've, I've been in the shop, Um, but you, you can see a lot of characters in there. A lot of like uh, locals, right. But they're, they're a, they're a little bit different, a little bit of a different glint in the eye. Um, hmm. But they're, so obvi- they're obviously like, you know, hard money people or whatever. There's a reason that they're there buying gold. Um, so the, I know they exist, but then it's not like something that you're going to see in, like on mainstream TV or in, in the media or anything like that. It's kind of, it's maybe it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a hidden world, I think. And so I expect Bitcoin maybe will evolve in a similar way. And I, and, and Japanese people also tend to be more... Um, sensitive to things like privacy and OPSEC, I think. And so, you know, it might be that there's a larger contingent of Bitcoiners that you think, but they're just, they're just kind of hidden away as, you know, maybe their names on Twitter, but they're not even, they're not even tweeting that much, right? They're just kind of following other people. So, um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of like, I don't like, I, so I, I think, I think that's my hope that you'll get that kind of contingent of quiet good Bitcoiners just steadily growing and, and you know they'll at least be able to acquire sats and, and protect themselves but um but 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 in terms of mainstream japanese society it's you know i i, I don't i don't ever see that being um uh they, they'll be the last to get it i think
2: yeah you see i mean you have um you know they, they it's it's an it's uh the japanese like to i mean they like to gamble they like investments or you know there's a segment of them that, like that and you see it pop up from here and th- uh here and there what's the that thing that offers uh bitcoin points um the Merukari, yeah so you see it pop up here and there and that you know that seems to be somewhat popular but you know that the your average sato san on the street there is is not going to be persuaded by this it, they're very steady, go by go by the books walk one foot in front of the other. Which is why I think the marketing for it as this radical thing has never been the most persuasive to the locals. The other side of that, you know, like the um, the Greg Foss insurance angle, I think is far more persuasive to people here. Like, set a decent expectation for it, explain it in a way that it counters the dollar, it counters the yen, it works on inflation, all these kind of things are far more, I think, persuasive to somebody like my father-in-law than, hmm. um, yeah, now we're going to cancel the state and we're going to live in Ankapistan. Like, that, that shit doesn't interest him at all, and he sees hmm. that as mildly moronic. Uh, however, if you can sell him on an insurance of which he has 19 different kinds already, <laughs> um, then he's far more likely to, to buy that because he understands that. It's just insurance for your for your purchasing power. right? Mm. Uh, I just think we haven't really come up with a particularly compelling way or systematized way to really introduce that here in Japan, which is a shame because I do think more and more people would be willing to get on it, especially with the yen sucking wind like it is currently i think
0: um that's a great point i think the insurance probably is the play i think the objection you immediately get is well why why bitcoin because there's a million coins sure Mm -hmm.
1: Sure.
0: and that's something that is hard to articulate because you really have to kind of dig you know you kind of have to do a lot of study to get there right where you you understand why it's unique um so it's it's kind of a chicken and egg
1: yeah although i mean japanese are still i think they uh uh, more than most other countries they'll still read long articles long explanations i mean you go to their websites and it's just full of text mm. uh i heard someone say that uh that japanese feel unshin they feel Faithful. um reassured <laughs> by by having a lot of information presented right away mm. uh, whereas uh say americans they just want like the bare minimum, they want flashy graphics, they want like very uh um yeah, slick sleek design. Uh so yeah, I I think uh if if there's at least something, some kind of hook to, to capture them, they'll they'll in many cases do the research.
2: You'd hope so I wonder
1: if there's an Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's enough Japanese uh sources of information. No. Yeah.
0: That's the problem, right? I mean, so the, and there is some good stuff. There's uh, co has got her Lost in Bitcoin site, which mm-hmm. is a great source of information. But the problem is, it's just not. Um, I mean, she's she's doing a great job, but with limited resources, right? And so, like, you've got to get the message out there. And and she also translated the Bitcoin standard, yeah, which is a great source of information, right? But then, you know, you go to the you go to the bookstores and it isn't there anymore. But you do get all these shitcoin books mm. so i i feel like in japan there's probably like 99 percent of the materials are just scammy shit coiny things right and like the signal for is just not being amplified out here and maybe that's the same everywhere ever in the world i don't know but um it, it definitely feels the, the way the way here um so maybe it isn't that there isn't that information isn't there it's just not it's just got, not got the reach it deserves because the, the, there is some good information
1: yeah, I interviewed her uh, a few days ago. Be coming out, uh, well, it'll probably come out before this one. Um, she said her next book is going to be "Check Your Financial Privilege" by Alex Gladstein. But uh, that, that I she's don't think the translate. Japanese are going to care about that. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I could I could see it going the other way because the Bitcoin mm. standard is pretty uh anti-government like from a philosophical perspective i think it's pretty far away from where the average japanese person is whereas check your financial privilege is more about um like advocating for humanity versus uh unfair global systems or uh highlighting the difference between uh emerging economies and developed economies which i mean it seems like japan a lot of Japanese do care about like their their place in the world, as in like um, you know, you have JICA or UNICEF, uh it seems like at least uh they, they wanna see themselves as good global citizens. Mm. So I wonder if if that could strike an error. I think
0: probably, but then <sighs> yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. I th- I for me, what I'd like to see is so I I've I've got this kind of theory and I've I've never really seen anyone talk about this, but um like the Japanese themselves are victims of the of the dollar, dollar hegemony. Well everyone everyone is who can't print the dollar, right? So when I look at how hard the Japanese have to work and how you know we have to we have to make so many cars and sell those into the American market, for example, right? To get dollars. It's almost like the Americans have set up this global system where everybody has to work and, and make things and sell them to the Americans. And in exchange, the Americans give them these tokens, these pieces of paper, which they can then convert into oil, which they need to stay alive, right? So it's like, you want to stay alive, better get busy making things for us. Um, so I, I feel like if it was maybe, if there was something that articulated it in, in the sense that Japan was, Japan was the victim of this as, as much as anyone. I mean, I know that isn't completely true because obviously Japan does its so own exploiting locally, but, um, but I, I don't think Alex, I haven't read Gladstein's book, but I, I think Gladstein's book's more about, you know, the, the, the third world being exploited, right? Rather than, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Japan is quite a beneficiary of the mm. of the current system. Although I think you make a great point that, uh, I mean, the reason Japan has been such a beneficiary is largely due to, uh, the U S kind of taking it under its wing. Um, and maybe that sounds really like America centric of me to say, uh, but I think like post World War II history does bear that out. Whereas as the U.S. becomes increasingly uninterested or unable to to offer those favorable terms to to countries like Japan, maybe uh, things will get worse and they they will start exploring yeah. other options.
0: Yeah, the whole yeah, but the whole favorable terms and taking them under the wing, I feel that like that is like court court history. That, so there's this idea that, well, yeah, the Americans rebuilt Japan after the war, but I mean, it was like, you know, the Japanese worked their ass, you know, asses off, sacrificed all the time with their family. I mean, you had salary men just working hundred hour weeks. Um, and I feel like everything the Japanese have done, they've kind of earned themselves. And ultimately what is the net result? The net result is that the Americans get to drive great cars. They have reliable calculators. You know all all these goods that the Japanese make, and then the Japanese get pieces of paper in in return, right? That's that's yeah. so it's so, it, you know. I, I see it's just it's just exploitation. Um, now, you know, again, you know, obviously. I mean, Japan has benefited, and Japan does exploit other countries, and you know, and no, nobody's no, like I'm not saying America's bad or Japan's good or anything like that. But I'm just, I just wish more people were aware of the complex relationship that Japan has with the U.S. and how it's not always, it's not all good, and you know, um, and how Bitcoin could potentially help get them, give them leverage to, you know, at least, at least, at least maintain a favorable position, or at least, you know, may, maybe make make their situation a little better than it is.
2: As you can see, Mar- uh, Dash is a Marxist. Everything's getting exploited. <laughs> that, that was my
0: takeaway. <laughs> uh, maybe um, Monks was right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how
1: was uh, How was Nostrasia for you guys? I um,
2: they did a good job. No complaints about it. I'm not. I I sit on the fence of uh, Nostra. We did a we did a show on this. I don't see it as as anything comparable in terms of uh reach or importance or um decentralize, decentralized uh bulwark nature like bitcoin it it seems to me uh a slight improvement and a little bit of a uh a, an outlet for people who might have gotten kicked off of of x but hmm. still i think it's 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 easily capturable i I liken it more to like an ethereum. It's kind of like a a thing to play with that has some ideas in it, but it it it's not the the holy grail, and I wouldn't waste a significant amount of my time developing it where uh as opposed to spending a lot of time on Bitcoin. you know what I mean like if I'm going to devote time, I'll devote time on the Bitcoin project, not the the Noster one. I'll use it mm-hmm. though it's fine.
0: See, so this is what this is one area we do disagree. Um, so I'm I'm very bullish on Nostra. I see Nostra and Bitcoin as being really symbiotic. So, and in in the way in a similar level to Odell, right? So Odell with his uh, 1031 investment, he's got a venture capital firm, and I think also his OpenSats. He's kind of, I think he's pretty much fifty fifty these days in terms of funding both Nostra and Bitcoin projects. And I think the reason he's doing that, and, and NVK is obviously on the board at. Hmm. Um, open sats is they see that nostr is going to be the way that most people get their first sats so um you know if people can sign up to nostr and get like a twitter like experience or whatever that experience is because obviously nostr is not limited to that um it, we have already native integration with the lightning network and so any content creator can potentially get zapped and earn um you know real uh the hardest money on earth for their for their work um and you know Odell was just saying this the other day. Um, that um you know if if for now you only have hardcore Bitcoiners on the platform, but they're all you know they've got their Lightning wallet full of sats and they're willing to zap literally generational wealth to people for posting a funny meme or you know some interesting uh, analysis or something like that i mean that you you have a lot of incentive there for people content creators interesting people to come and then contribute to the Nostra ecosystem and then that the idea there is that, that will then create a sort of you know a flywheel going where once you've got content creators who are attracted there for the sats you, then then the audience is going to come right for that for that content and a, a sort of a circular economy emerges also if you think about it if you think about getting your sats that way how much more approachable that is than having to like sign up for an exchange and and buy this scary asset as as some kind of investment and then and then and then and then you're spending the rest of your life unhappy, right? Watching the price, and if it goes up, you're unhappy. If it goes down, you're unhappy. But it, but but if you're just if you're just getting like these sats, like oh, I got hundred sats, I got a thousand sats, oh, I've got fifty thousand sats in the wallet now. You don't think of it in the same way. It's, it's almost like you start thinking Bitcoin first. Um, yeah. You know. So I, I think in that sense, in terms of um, adoption. Noster is is def is key. And and that that doesn't even go into the whole censorship resistance stuff, which I'm also very excited about, but but look, just to keep us focused on Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, it does uh it does seem like on the one hand it's it is a really promising tool, uh, and it has, like you say, a lot of uh potential synergy with Bitcoin and would be a I mean it does definitely solve a lot of the problems we see with with current social media, and it uh, uh, integrates Bitcoin, or perhaps that Bitcoin integration is is part of the way that it solves those problems. At the same time, I think some people, perhaps a bit over enthusiastically, like equate it to Bitcoin, like the same level of uh, censorship resistance, decentralization. Which, um, yeah, that might be a bit dangerous.
0: Well, yeah, but I, th- I so I see Nostra as like if you see Bitcoin as an organism, like Nostra is just this kind of it's this um, whether it's whether it's a separate or- organism and completely symbiotic, and in a, a bit like the way with a human, you've got like uh, gut bacteria or something, right? It's like mm. it's almost like it's it's a natural part of the Bitcoin ecosystem, and and and, and anything if, if Nostra grows, if Nostra gets stronger, then Bitcoin grows, Bitcoin gets stronger, and vice versa. Um, that's the way I see it. So I don't I don't really even almost, I almost don't don't separate the two now.
1: Maybe that's a good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, you mentioned your podcast, Tokyo Citadel Builders, uh, once a week. Is that the the frequency for that?
2: Yeah, we rotate. Either we'll do a group group session and we'll kind of talk amongst ourselves on a topic or uh, we'll do various interviews with folks doing stuff. Uh, Dash does a lot of the interviews. Uh, I I do less of them because... I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So asking questions is, is complicated. Thankfully, dash can pick, pick that up.
0: Yeah. I'm, I am was just, what's the website? It's to, Tokyo, dot right? Andy. That's right. And so there there's the links to the telegram group in there. um, The podcast, the meetup.com page, I believe is also on there. So we do, we do regular meetups around the Tokyo area. If you're in town, please check us out. We'd love to see what the meetups. Um, And yeah, listen to the show. Um, We're on Noster and and Twitter as well, so you know, just just reach out, get involved. Let's um, let let's connect. We love we love to connect, especially with citadels all over the world. So if you if you if you're someone who's also building a citadel, reach out. You know, Um, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to building this this uh, this thing together.
2: Absolutely,
1: awesome. Dash Andy, thanks so much for your time. Thank Thank you, brother. Okay, what'd you think of that? This question of why some people get so into Bitcoin and others show no interest, no matter how many times they encounter it, is one that's endlessly fascinating to me. I think Andy's right, you do need a bit of an outsider mentality, and Dash is right that Bitcoin enthusiasts tend to score higher in disagreeability, which is great for questioning the system, but maybe not so great for coordinating. I'm also looking forward to seeing how Tokyo's Bitcoin communities evolve this year, both the English-speaking and the Japanese-speaking They're right that a physical space is important, so maybe we'll see something like a Nashville Bitcoin Park or PubKey emerge. That would be awesome. Like I said, I'm joining their podcast Tokyo Citadel Builders as well, so check that out, as well as the meetup schedule on my Substack. I'm not used to having to answer questions instead of just asking them, but it's a fun time, and I'm glad for the opportunity to discuss Japan beyond only Bitcoin. And for Beyond the Price, if you'd like to hear a particular topic discussed, let me know by emailing beyondtheprice at substack.com, or leaving a comment on Fountain. Follow the show if you don't want to miss an episode. Leave a rating or review or share this episode with a friend. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you again soon.